So we're in the middle of Hilcha Shontif, if you remember me. Uh, we got into a little bit of Akdama yesterday. We mentioned a few alochas to Gabaya ovens and fires and things like that. I want to try to squeeze in as much as I possibly can. Um, I did get a complaint, I will admit to you. You know, I always like to say the complaints, not only the compliments, I like to say the complaints as well. And I did get a complaint from somebody. Um, it was actually, uh, it's interesting, it's interesting, I was speaking, there was an old lady who called, and, um, you know, in quarantine and everything, she can't leave her house, and she mentioned to me that, I listened to one of your shows, but she said it was very, very complicated, something about animals and korbonas and stuff, I said, I think you were listening to the Dafayomi Shea, I don't think you need to listen to Dafayomi Shea next time, and then she realized, oh right, okay, that was a Dafayomi Shea, that makes sense, that's why I had no understanding of what you're talking about, but she did say it was a little bit fast, like the Aloha Shea, so I do apologize, and, you know, I tried to slow down, but I said, listen, we've got to pack it all in. We're only on this world for 120 years. There's no way we can get everything in unless we just pack it in. So, again, if that's the only complaint that I'm having, no, what can I do? I guess we'll have to live with that complaint, and we'll just have to go, you know, as slow as possible as we can, fast. If you get it? Okay. So, um, now we know a little bit about exactly why the Malachas are Asa and where it comes from. Uh, We have a special guest today. I do want to welcome Shimon. Shimon Epstein is with us today, all the way from Lakewood, New Jersey. It's been a while since we've seen him on the screen, so I just want to give him a special welcome. So that's very, very nice. And, um, okay, I do want to thank all those people that sent emails, which I'm looking at right now. None of you guys sent emails with any questions, but though I did get emails with questions, which we're going to deal with after Yontov. Shimon, are you listening? Make sure anybody that is listening that wants to send a question in, a random question, halacha, shkofa, whatever, wild questions, will be dealing with the Mitzvah after Yontov. Send it in, aw at etrog.net.il. Let's move on. There are three malachas that when they're done in a certain way is osa, but when they're done in a certain way, omuta. Very, very different to Shabbos. Very different to Shabbos. And those are boire, toichen, and marakid. Boire and marakid are sifting, separating malachas, and toichen is crushing. So basically, on Shabbos, all three are osa, as always. There's no difference between Shabbos and, and any other Shabbos. When it comes to Yontuf, Boyre, Toichen, and Merakid can either be Mutal Lechatchela or Asa Doraisa. Right? The way that it would be Asa Doraisa would be something that is done in a big scale. For example, we mentioned this last time. If you take flour and you sift flour on Yontuf, that is an Isa Doraisa of Boyre, even though... It's theoretically malachas, a malacha that's not geared to oichel nefesh. I want to bake a cake. If I want to bake a cake, I need to go sift flour. But it's something that's normally done on a big scale. And anything that's done on a big scale is going to be osa, and therefore that will be actually an isa on yontuf. And then there's something called the Yisadur Abonon. The Yisadur Abonon basically means something that could have been done, but you didn't do it. Um, and we said that that's not allowed to be done. Uh, you're allowed to do it with the Shinoi, for example, but otherwise not. And the most important thing that we have to talk about is what's Mota Lechatchela. Something that is normally to be done on the day itself is allowed to be done on Yontuf, right? Because this is basically something that could not have been done before Yontuf. Uh, I'll give you an example. Peeling, right? Peeling a cucumber, peeling a potato, peeling whatever it may be. For those people that peel, this is for you, Shimon, tomatoes on Pesach, this is going to be Nagea. Yontov, peeling, tomatoes, all Nagea. Therefore, it is mutter to peel on Yontov because you couldn't have done it before Yontov because it's not going to taste the same. It's going to go all dry, shriveled up. And the I don't want to do it on air of Yontov. That's mutter Another example, tea bags. 
So obviously you're allowed to put a tea bag into uh, hot water on Yontuf, even though on Shabbos you've got to do it in a klishlishi, but according to some, some hold you're not allowed to do it at all, because it's a, a tea, and tea, as we know, iron, correct, and shinyu tchesif dalad, the end last mishtabru over there, paskins, that tea is called a kali bishel, and it cooks even in a klishlishi, that is yadzo lettuce boy, so on Shabbos, it's a shayla, but Moshe holds it's water in the klishlishi, most posts can hold it's asa, we're not going into now hilcha Shabbos, when it comes to Yontuf, there's no problem with dropping a tea bag into hot water on Yontuf, if you're allowed to make a tea, a maladabe, poshet muta. The other problem of making a tea is what? Is picking up the tea bag. When you pick up the tea bag, what is a tea bag, Rabbi Say? You guys already know this. What do we call a tea bag in, in our base metrish, Rabbi Say? In our base metrish, what do we call a tea bag? We call a tea bag a boyer monster. That's what it is, right? It was, ba- it was made from Sheshish Simea Bereshish. The Rabbi Shem created a tea bag to do bayra, it's a bayra machine, this creates bayra, somebody wants to be chayv skila, the easiest way to do it, is take a tea bag out of a tea, you're chayv skila, oh Hashem, so therefore, if that's true on Shabbos, that will not be true on Yontov, why? Because I couldn't make myself a tea on air of Yontov, it's just not going to work, it's just not practical, right? Therefore, taking out the tea bag, it, what that does is, the tea bag is a sieve, right? It's a It means it's a sieve, it's a sifter, right? It, it keeps the tea leaves in and it allows the juice to come out. That is a boira machine. That is osa do'oraisa on Shabbos Kodesh. Do'oraisa. When it comes to Yontav, it's mutter all of a sudden. Why? Because even though boira is one of those in-between malachas, since it's something that could not have been done beforehand in a regular normal way, then it is Mota. Who had in, and we can't go into all these things, um, another, I'll give you a classic one, very important, perforating spoons, right? You have a perforated spoon where you've got like a ladle or a spoon that's got little dots in it, right? It's got little holes in it. And you use that to pick up a salad, and all the juice comes out. Now, on Shabbos, we would take you and throw you off a cliff for that. Actually, not the Pasha Bishadrabon, but whatever. But on Yontav, it's Mota, because I could not have done this before Yontav, there's no way. Oh, why didn't you take out the coleslaw before Yontav? Well, what do you mean? I, I'll let it put on my plate by my table for the Yontav day meal on Erev Yontav. It's almost like the Rabbi Chaim story you mentioned last week, right? You mentioned this last week, two weeks ago. I don't know, with the Zoom thing, I never know what I've done and what time. Right? The famous Shaila about playing basketball on, on Shabbos, right? And he said, Mazer basketball. And they told him, you take the ball and you put it in the hoop. He said, just do it before Shabbos. Mabaya. Obviously, you can't do that, right? So, uh, perforated spoon with salads, apple, you know, apple cores, they have these fancy things that you like, you have like a, a thing that like, you, you push it into the apple and it just takes out the core of the apple, because I guess we're just way too lazy to use a knife in the regular, normal, old-fashioned way that people used to do it for thousands and thousands of years without coming onto this, but that's how people are. Um, a pickle, you know, grabber, finger, whatever it's called, olive grabber, finger, whatever you want to call it, all of these things are going to be mutter. Another example, bones and fish. So we all know, why was gefilte fish created? For clearly so not to be over an Issa or Daraisa on Shabbos of Because if we eat gefilte fish, there's no bones. Well, it does actually depend on which company you buy. But generally, gefilte fish has no bones. So if it has no bones, therefore you're not going to come to Boira. So on Shabbos we eat it. On Yontif, you're allowed to take the bones out of the fish, even before it's in your mouth. On Shabbos, you're allowed to take it out while it's in your mouth, right? The salmon's in your mouth. You've got a bone there, Shemirachim, you pull it out with your hand. That's no problem. What you can do with the bone, it's mokta, I don't know. But on Yontif, you are definitely allowed to remove the bone from the fish on Yontif. There is no problem whatsoever in that case. Fat from meat. Similar idea again, because again, this is something that's normally done on the spot. And there's no problem using a peeler. Right, which on Shabbos we know is subject to a major machloik as a postcom, and most postcom say it's also anyway, is going to be mutter on Yontuf. 
Toichein. So Toichein, we know, is the malacha of crushing. That you take a onion, or you take a garlic, or you take an apple, or you take a tomato, or a cucumber, whatever it is, and you dice it up into very small pieces. The shayli exact. What is the share of Toichen? So we all are familiar with the famous Be'alacha, being Zashita, Sayyureim, and Simon, Shenchov, Aleph, and Erechaim. That says, we don't know. We don't know what the share is of Toichen. And therefore, the, the Mashmoth for the base of is, if you make it a little bit bigger than you normally do on Shabbos, you'll be okay. On Yontav, you're allowed to grind and crush things that are done normally on the time. For example, a classic one is mashed potato. Even though mashed potato is a major shayla, the Chazanish discusses whether or not it's considered to be toichen or not, but uh, you are definitely allowed to grind, especially for kids' food and mashed potato and all of these things, because again, these are things that are specifically done on the day, and therefore it is okay. Uh, uh, Losh. The malacha of Losh. So when it comes to the Malacha of Losh, uh, generally we know what does Losh mean, just to give you know, a little bit of uh, a background. It's, always, it's unfortunate, you know. It's like you have to know Hilchas Yontav. Yeah, it means you have to know all Hilchas Shabbos before you know Hilchas Yontav, because otherwise, how do you know what's also in Yontav? So uh, Losh, um, it depends really. The truth is, Losh is actually a complicated one. That is the truth. I'll be honest with you. Uh, losh is a complicated one, because Losh basically means to, to, to bind things together. That's what Losh is. It sort of binds things together. The most classic example of Losh that we all have in our lives is what? Come on, guys. Classic Losh. Donnie Ellenberg's not even going to know what we're about to say. He's not even going to know what we mean. Weetabix. Or as Aaron would call it, Wheatbix, as they call it in South Africa. Wheatbix. All right. Anyway, that's a classic Losh situation in that cane. Obviously, that's one of the Lamates Malochas in, uh, in that situation. Uh, generally, you are allowed to do Losh on Yontuf. It's included in Oichel Nefesh. But again, only on something that could not have been done before Yontuf. It could have been done before Yontuf. You can't do that. So making Weetabix, obviously, could not have been done before Yontuf. And therefore, you're allowed to make it on Yontuf. Similar idea, egg. Uh, for example, if you're making ayam mitzvibel, yuda, you understand what that means. You're making the heilige ayam mitzvibel, right? The egg and onion with the mayonnaise, and you're mixing it up there. Obviously, that's going to be a problem of lush. The tuna, tuna, and the mayonnaise is also the same shaila. Also, lush, how do we mix tuna and mayonnaise on Shabbos? Obviously, shesi ve'erev. This way, that way. Or as they say in the lotion of the English, if you want to use an art scroll, warp and weft. Right, all those people that were learning Dafayomi and you saw Shabbos Osei Shnei Botinirin and all those sorts of things that Malamites Malachas and it says Shesi Verev. You look at the art school, nobody understands what on earth the art school is talking about. Warp Weft, Warped Weft. What is that talking about? Anyway, except for some of you educated fellows. But otherwise, the regular people, the Hamoin Am, probably won't understand what that means, but you mix it, you know, crisscross. That would be the Loshen Laz. So on Yontav, uh, you're allowed to mix it. Normally there is no problem whatsoever. Schita is also on Yontav, by the way, which means you cannot squeeze a lemon into your tea. Now you can't do that on Shabbos also, but you definitely can't do it on Yontav as well. What you can do is whatever you could do on Shabbos, which is you're allowed to squeeze the lemon onto your salmon, you're allowed to squeeze the lemon onto the salad, you're allowed to squeeze the lemon onto the schnitzel, or whatever it may be, onto a food, because we all know the Gemara in Shabbos, that says, Mashka Bola Oichel, as I state in the Gemara. If that's the case, that applies by Yontov as well, and therefore there is no problem with doing that. I want to tell you, I hope you don't mind, but um, 
I remember my Rosh Hashiv always saying with Scheinberg, right? You'd see that uh, any Durabonon, people say, well, it's any Durabonon, who cares? Right? Don't misstaff that guy to a minion after quarantine. Just be careful, right? Take note of who said, oh, it's only a Durabonon, right? So there was a very, very important halacha. It's halacha that, like, I don't know, and it seemed to be, like, skipped out of Shulchan Aruch. I mean, it's in Shulchan Aruch, but people, people don't have it in their Shulchan Aruch. You know, you know people have their own Shulchan Aruch. You know, I, heard this, I have heard this by so many people. My mother-in-law has her own Shulchan Aruch. You know, I've heard, people have told me this, you know, I don't know what to do, my mother-in-law has her own shulchan like, she seems to follow her own set of laws, like, I don't know where that comes from, as far as I'm concerned, Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and he gave us the Bible, and everything inside there is everything that he learned at Mount Sinai, there's no differences anymore, so I, I don't understand, but there are people that just, you know, they're not going with certain halachas, this is one of them, by the way, this is one of them. It's the malacha called, you know, by the way, you'll notice I've never given a share about this in yeshiva, and you'll, you'll know why now. Haha, <laughs> all you guys that tuned in. Too late, guys. Um, reading a menu on Shabbos, what we call shtare hediotis. Shtare hediotis is the isadura bonon of reading anything. That's not Torah, basically. That's in a form of writing. So, for example, if you write a menu, which many people do, right? Because I need to know what am I going to be serving for the first night, Thursday night. It's very important to know exactly what am I serving, which dessert is coming out at which time. And then, Yontav Day, I've got to take out all the cheesecakes and the blintzes and, the, and all the who knows what that's coming out. And then after that, we're eating the meat meal. And then I've got to also get ready for Shabbos as well. So what's we serving Friday night? And Vacholi Vacholi, right? So if you have a menu, a piece of paper, and on there you write the menu, it's an Isidra Bonan for you to read this menu. What's the reason? The Gemara tells us. Because there's a Xera, you may come to actually erase something. You'll say chocolate mousse, nah. Nah, the weather doesn't, no. No, I think we'll go with um, hot chocolate uh, souffle with vanilla ice cream. Yitzia, are you listening? Just getting you, I'm just getting you a little bit uh, into a taste of what the menu is looking like. But um, you're not allowed to read that menu, by the way. It's Osa. If it's Nagea to you, if you're the one serving the meal and taking the food out and deciding, if you just happen to be a curious teenage son who wants to know what mummy's serving for supper and you take out the menu, that's fine because you have absolutely no jurisdiction to be able to change it. But reading menus is a problem. Reading a lot of magazines are problematic. A lot of books are problematic. A lot of letters are problematic. We can't go into this moment of time. It's going to require a whole lot of to understand where this is coming from. But that is an uh, important halacha to remember. Shtare hediotes. Right? Nobody. I don't think anybody would dream of reading a post that comes through the. You know, that comes through the post. You know, regular a bill comes, an electricity bill. You're going to start reading that. You're not allowed to read it. Right? It's another example. Also, going to do weekday activities, but you're not allowed to do those things. Newspapers, adverts. You're allowed to read the adverts for all the Pesach hotels for next year because we missed out this year, right? So next year's Pesach hotel, can I know her? They're going to be serious, right? So I've got to look at the Pesach hotels to look to decide which one has a nicer swimming pool, which one has better entertainment, forget about the Hersha, and which one, you know, all these sorts of things. So you're not allowed to read adverts on Shabbos. There's a, there's a shayla in the post scheme if you're even allowed to read a, a paper that has adverts in it. Anyway, it has a box in it, which is why generally you're allowed. But I'll go upon him. I, I don't want to go too much into this because I'm going to get some hate emails in a moment. But just, you know, bear with me. Mitzvah Shem one day in Yeshiva. Or maybe, I'll, the truth is, maybe we should do this one on Zoom. This way you guys can't throw any, you know, tomatoes. And like, so it's not a machmeh. It's called a shulchanach that you never heard of. That's what it is, you know. I love, I love, these, I love these guys that like, oh, like, he's such a machmeh. I don't know why. He told me about this weird halacha, like, it's called boira or something. You're not allowed to take, like, tomatoes out of the cucumber salad. Like, what is, what is he thinking? What does he think this Yiddish guy is all about? Shemirachim. Anyway, there's people out there that do these things. Anyway, so, um... 
Moving on, Rabbi Sai, a very, very, another interesting thing that we have to understand. Moilid, right, we mentioned yesterday that, uh, it's better than it does, that um, to, to create a brand new fire is also on Yontav. Not the same reason of Shabbos. Shabbos is one of the Lama Tesmanachas. On Yontav, creating a new fire is called Moilid, right? It's the creation. Therefore, what you're not allowed to do generally on Shabbos is you're not allowed to create. And the reason for this, the Shulchan Shittim brings it down, and they want to tie this up, Pirashi, that you are creating on Shabbos, and Rabbani Shalom stopped creating on Shabbos. And therefore, you don't do it. So on Shabbos, for example, you, you're not allowed to do, right? We know this, for example, anyone that learns Simon, Shin. I made it a bit easier for you. Shin. Chof, Paskins, that it's a toastless and Shabbos Kuf Mem, that if the Maisa you have ice and you crush it down to make liquid, that's awesome. You're not allowed to do that, right? Because you are creating the liquid. Or, for example, if you have uh, condensation and you've got, you know, liquid coming, pouring in from the air conditioning unit, that's considered to be Moilit. On Yontav, Moilit is Mutter. So you're allowed to make, I'll say UK language, jelly, which is what most of you guys call jello. You are allowed to make that, even though on Shabbos that's going to be awesome because it's moilid, you're creating something new. You're allowed to make ice cubes, even though on Shabbos the truth is most posts come on you anyway allowed to make ice cubes. There's a shine in the Chibini Rov if you're allowed to melt them. He brings a, a dimion by fish sauce. Um, whipped cream. Right, you've got this can of whipped cream over the strawberries, which you can't eat anyway, because how can you eat strawberries without eating 400 bugs? But let's say you take out the strawberries and you just have the whipped cream and you pretend you're eating the strawberries. So uh, you'll be allowed to use that on, on Yontav, which on Shabbos would be Asa, on Yontav would be Muta. Okay? So uh, just again, we, we, we could just go on and on and on. But, you know, there's a limited amount of time and we try to get through as much as we possibly can. Carrying, right? Carrying. Is carrying Muta on Yontav? Are you allowed to carry so again, the same idea, anything that's mutter for Eichel Nefesh is going to be mutter, which by the way means, as the Gemara points out in, in Beitzah, which means that I'm allowed basically any Yontif need whatsoever, even if it's not a food-related thing, and therefore there's no problem whatsoever to, for example, carry a machsa home if you want to use it for Kiddush, or it's got Tikkun Lal Shavuos in there, and you want to use it at home. Again, how many people are traveling out anyway this, uh, this Yontif, but the that's what it is. Um, if you need it for the next day, obviously it's Asa, and if you finish using, it's also Asa. There's no real need for you, for example, to, um, I don't know, I guess to take your Machsa home, if you keep one day Yontav in Eretz Yisrael, and it's only one day, so why are you taking your Machsa home after Mincha? Ah, because you finished it. So you're preparing for the next day. You're not allowed to do that. So the truth is, a lot of that we have to discuss tomorrow, because tomorrow is the Shiloh of uh, Erev Tavshinin. And as we know, this year, Friday Shabbos is Erev Tavshinin. So a lot of the halachas that I was going to mention about preparing from Yontav to Yontav is actually not going to be in a Gea, because otherwise... How are you meant to make your cholent? How are you meant to heat up your chicken soup for Friday night meal if you can't heat up food on Yontuf for the next day, which is normally also. You're absolutely also normally to heat up the, the Yontuf, uh, the, 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 the soup that you need for that night and do it during the day. You're not allowed to do that normally. But this Yontuf, because it's Friday Shabbos, because it's Friday Shabbos so we'll have a header if you make an air of Tavshin. If you don't make an air of Tavshin, then too bad for you. I guess you're having cold soup. But um, that is that. Um, that's the Gabi Hilchas HaChona. Uh, doing sponger. An interesting one. Doing sponger. So there's an Issa 
uh, again, this is one of these halachas, you know, I don't know, people are very busy with this. Shin Lamed Zayin tells us that you're not allowed to wash the floor on Shabbos. What's the reason? It's Xeru Marutzav Otu Eidi Marutzav. Tosus brings it down, that even though our homes are all tiled, but in the olden days they were not, and many, there's many outsides that are not tiled. Therefore, we're worried that if you wash an inside house, which is tiled, which nothing can happen if you wash the house on the inside, we're worried that you may come to wash the outside, uh, and therefore sweep it. So sweeping, the Mishnah Brewer says, is mutter. you're always allowed to sweep your home, but washing is much more problematic. So, for example, if you have, like in Eretz Yisrael, you've got a non-carpet floor, or many people in Chutzlars have a wooden floor, or marble, or something, tiles, whatever, in the kitchen, all of these things. So the question the post can say that since all of our houses are fully tiled, is there even Xavier in that case? So the poskim say, and I say poskim, I mean, many poskim say that since the gzera, we only find the heter for sweeping, it remains only by sweeping, and therefore you cannot go along and do sponja. Now I say that for a purpose, you cannot obviously use the, um, the mop. You cannot use a mop on Yontif, or Shabbos for that matter, because what is, what, what's the problem with using a mop? Skita. Obviously you can't do skitas and it's a deraser, right? It's like using a baby wipe. So you can't use a, a mop on Shabbos or Yontif to start mopping the floor if it gets dirty. That's a double poshut ad moid. If you've got a wet shmata, you can't start shmearing it all over. That for sure you can't do. But what you could theoretically do, if you got, for example, and this could be in the game, and you've got a two-day Yontif, right? Can I not hurry? The kids are all over the place. You've been up all night. The coffee's all over the place. The Coca-Cola, the XL. Can I not hurry what's going on over there, right? So I want to wash the floor. What do I do? So the whole floor, no. But if there's a section that became a bit dirty, so you pour a bit of water over it, the best thing is to take the sponger stick, right, which is rubber, doesn't absorb, and push away the water, or take a shmata, which is dry, and is big enough to cover the whole puddle, wrap it up, and put it in there, and this way you're absolutely okay with doing that. But to wash the entire floor is a, uh, is definitely going to be a, a problem, according to most Kedole Poskim in that case. Ali De Goy is a very different Shaila. Now let's move on quickly. How much time do we have left? Not very long, Rabbi Sai. We are, again, not doing well for time. So a couple of things. Um, washing, uh, when it comes to having showers. I don't want to get too much involved in this. Again, I'm going to get some hate mail after this. But you know what? We have to know the halachas, and if you don't, if it's not comfortable for you, then I guess go. I don't know. Go be a couple another Torah. I don't know. This is the Torah that we have. This is the Torah that Yiddishkeit has to offer, and these are the halachas that are again to us, Aaron. So the like this: um, you are allowed to wash. You are allowed to heat up hot water for a oichel nefesh, right, which is cooking. You're allowed to heat up water to make a coffee, to make a tea, to, you know, to cook pasta. No problem, you're allowed to heat up water for that way. The question is, am I allowed to heat up water to have a shower? So, if it was shovel echol nefesh, meaning if it's something that is completely widespread, normal, and everyone does it, then it would be mutter, like washing up dishes, like heating up water for coffee. That's a pretty standard thing. The Shulchan comes along and says... Having a shower, Natanul, ready? Having a shower on a daily basis is not Dova Hashava, Lechol Nefesh. My kids were very happy when they heard this. You see? Here's the rival Shulchan You don't have to have a shower every single day. The kids love these things. But I'll call upon him. You'll tell me it's not true. Nowadays everybody does. Because we're Mufunakim. Because we're what we call an Istanis. And the does not allow for an istanis, and none of the Gedolei Poiskim were willing to rip out a Sifin Shulchan Aruch and say, not Negea. Nobody. No one. None of the Gedolei Poiskim. No one. And I looked. Trust me, I looked. Nobody was willing to take a Christ to say, 
Nowadays, it's okay. You can have showers. So, so it basically means that you cannot switch on the hot water of the shower, which is going to cook the water, whether it's a Dutchemish in Eretz or whether it's, or in Lakewood, or it's, for example, gas or other ways of methods of heating up things which I want to go into, you're not allowed to do that, because you are heating up water for something which is not Shavuot Lechol Nefesh. So, therefore, that is going to be problematic. So, what are you allowed to do very quickly, because we are running out of time, and I don't want to go too much into this. Number one, it's a double poshet, you can have a cold shower, that's poshet. That we have a Be'aloch already, Shechof Gimel, the Arachayin, and the Egesmoshes are true about it. You can have a cold shower, that's a double poshet, I will tell you, if you're having a cold shower, you can make it slightly warm. Slightly warm means that you can use some of the hot water in the, as long as it's not going to put on the fire straight away. So you can, if you make it very, very, very slightly warm, you're not actually going to cause that much hot water to be, to go out and therefore uh, more cold water to go in and therefore, you know, start the whole process. So as long as the fire won't go on, which is obviously also, that maybe you could switch it slightly to make it slightly lukewarm. But what is considered yes to be shavalachal nefesh? And as what would I yes be allowed to heat up the water? So the idea is a minor part of your body is going to be mutter. In other words, less than 50% of your body is going to be okay, as long as you're not switching on the fire, which anyway is also, for example, you've got to do chemesh, or you switched off the fire, and you've got some leftover hot water in the tank, and it comes out, but no more goes in, so then for sure you could heat up that water to wash a minimum minor parts of your body. Children, we're not going into babies that always have a shower all the time. They can also be makeable because they always have bath. The best thing to do, by the way, I suggest for children, if it's negate to any of you, which I don't think it is at this moment of time, but if it is, come to me afterwards and tell me about it, but um, is to take a bath, fill it up with some cold water, and then not too much, get some hot water from the urn, and pour it in to make it nice and lukewarm for the baby, and this way it's okay. The baby will have a nice lukewarm uh, bath, and therefore you didn't heat up the water in a way that's also on non-tough. Or you could just go to the mikvah, Aaron. Aaron's mask him to that one. Go to the mikvah. That's beautiful. That's a, that's a, that's a tahara. That's good. Anyway, you've got to go to the mikvah, right? Before uh, Nates, right? How, how are you going to have a Nates on Shavuos morning without going into the mikvah? A Bria Chadosha. Ah, Moyudik. Shavuos. You know how many guys from Yeshiva? You remember last year in the tunnel? You were there, right? How many guys last year w- refused to daven Shachwes by Nates before they go into the mikvah? The entire Yeshiva went out to the mikvah. It was a Gavaldiga Nesia. It was a Gavaldiga Tiel. It was Moyudik Achasin the Yeshiva. This year, obviously, things are a little bit different. Also because of Corona. So people are a little bit nervous. But um, moving on, Rabbi, say Muktza, Muktza. We're mamish running out of time over here. Muktza. People think it's not a gay, right? Muktza is not a gay. It is not true, right? Now again, we can't get into this. We have to learn some top tari hey but Ian. So on Shabbos we know we pass the night with Shimon, which means that we pass it. Most things are can is considered to be Muktza. There's a machlokes hapoiskim when it comes to Yonta. Do we say the same thing? It's more chomo. It's more chomer than Shabbos. Um, and then that's generally the Psak of Shulchan Aruch, And that is that in order that people are not mezalzal in Muktza on Yontav, they were more machmer on Yontav than Shabbos, so that people are not mezalzal in that. However, any Oichel Nefesh Muktza is going to be mutter. Moving pots and pans and graters and all these sorts of things are going to be mutter. No problem whatsoever. You've got a stone blocking food. Any Oichel Nefesh need for Muktza is going to be fine. Uh, an important idea, candlesticks are Klisha Malachtala Heta on Shabbos. And therefore, you're only allowed to move them, as the Shulchanan tells us in Sif Gimel, in Shin Ches, which is When it comes to Yontuf, you're allowed to move a candlestick, no problem whatsoever. Raw food on Shabbos, as we know, is Muktzah. However, when it comes to Yontuf, it is obviously not Muktzah. Raw potatoes, for example, are obviously going to be okay without any problem whatsoever. Um, 
wax candles, you're allowed to remove the wax, you should do it with a spoon, not with the actual, uh, not with your fingers, whatever it is, and you should also, by the way, just remember this, you should try to put the floating wick into that, like, if you have a floating wick, a little piece, and you put it in, try to do all of them before Yontav, so that you've got enough for Yontav and Shabbos, because it's a shy if you're allowed to do it on Yontav, or Shalim Makkah Bapatish, a vase of flowers is allowed to be moved, there's no problem even even on Shabbos, but it's a Natsumotah, um, with the exception of, according to Ravilashas, that's how if you move it too fast, he was worried about Zoraya, that you're calling the, causing the water to go in, and therefore it's a problem, making a flower arrangement on Yontuf is not considered to be Ma'ama, not even on, on Shabbos as well. Many hold it's considered to be Makabapatish. And therefore you cannot do that as well. Amir Akim on Yontuf is pretty much the same as Shabbos. There's no real difference. Uh, the, one of the differences basically would be electricity. Electricity according to Chazanish on Shabbos is Shalav Adaraisa, whereas Kazabayna, whereas on Yontuf it's not. It's electricity. Most hold anyway. It's a and it's true the Chazanish holds in Yontif it's still going to be Boina that is true but it's a much lower Madriga if you don't hold to the Chazanish and Kachibalti Murabaisai that you can be Makal not the the Chazanish when it comes to Amirul Akam which means to asking a guy to do certain electricity things on Yontif will be more Kal easier than on Shabbos and one last thing that we cannot leave without discussing which the Vilna going held that this is the hardest of all Tariag Mitzvahs what is it is it eating Matzah no what is it? the hardest of Tariag Mitzvahs as Kibber of Aim, also not surprising me enough. Rather, the hardest of Tariag mitzvahs is the mitzvah of Simchas Yontov. Simchas Yontov is a machto b'chegeka ato u'bincha u'bitecha v'yisa achro samech. It's a Mufurisha song, that's why we know it's famous. And therefore, it's a simcha, a person has an obligation da'oraisa to be mesameach, the entire thing, right? The Rambam says a person is sameach v'toiv lev he should do actions to make sure that no tsar goes, the Vilna Goin held this is the hardest of 613 mitzvahs. Here we are Rabbi Say Shvuas, Kabbalah Satoira, the Yondav of being a Kabbalah Torah. Don't you think we should at least take upon ourselves to try and be Mekayim, the hardest one of all of Tariag mitzvahs? You know how hard it is, by the way? By the way, Simcha people think it means, okay, so I'll get a fancy watch for Yontov and I'll be happy. No, no, no. Simcha's Yontov means that you are happy from beginning to end. You are besimcha the entire time of Yontov, and that's a very difficult thing. You're in the middle of Shemayna Esra, ah, a Simcha Gedoyla, not just when you're eating the cheesecake or the steak. You have Emes Dika Simcha, the Gantse Yontov. That's what's going on. And that's what you should remember. And the Ezer Hashem, we should be so good to keep all these halachas.